Welcome to the My Life Platform podcast. You'll be hearing from speaker Mark Delaney, founder of The Purpose Mastermind. This podcast is all about giving you the encouragement and perspective that you need to win at work and at home. I'm the host, Matthew, his son. Dad, you excited for a podcast episode today? It's a beautiful day for it. Sitting in a cozy chair, hanging out, talking about important things with you. Nothing better to do today. And we got a big topic today. We're talking about um, spirituality, which obviously the My Life platform is all about talking about the foundation of the home of our life. Yes. Right? And of course, one of those foundational concrete slabs that you're putting in the ground of the home of your life is going to be spirituality. So, um, Without a doubt. I think that um, many of us in life, the human instinct is to pursue what can I build with my life? But the answer of what do I build is this, uh, it can be an insatiable appetite for what is above the surface. If it's a home, it's, it's this building that people can see. But the element in our life that we have to get right is the concrete slab. It's simple, 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 but powerful, powerful, powerful. It's those foundational things that we think of ourselves and uh, foundational things we think of other people that is so critical. If the foundation is right, then we can build anything. It will stand the test of time. If the, if that concrete foundation is bad, then we can build anything we want and it will not stand the test of time. So today we talk about the topic of spirituality, which is certainly a foundational element that we can all think different thoughts about it, but I think we do all pretty much have to agree that the element of spirituality is extremely relevant to how we look at life. And it's definitely relevant, but I think unfortunately it can also be a topic, something that is stressful. Um, it can cause us to have feelings of shame and confusion. And it could be something that it just feels like there are problems with it in our life. And we, so we know it's important and relevant, but it's stressful, confusing, shameful. So we'd love to talk with you today about like how, how can we approach spirituality in a way that actually makes sense? Well, like everything else we talk about, we must approach it simply. So let's just have these guiding thoughts to guide this conversation. Spirituality begins with recognizing that we are spirit beings. We are not just a body, but we're spirit beings. And secondly, spirituality is believing that we are created and designed by God. And then thirdly, here's this core thinking that yielding our life to that design is what spirituality is, to yield one's, yield one's life to, to the design of God. Now, of course, this is where the debate begins, because if a person thinks that living according to God's design is most important in our life, then the debate becomes, okay, so what does that look like? If living according to God's design is the most important thing in my life, then what does it look like? And I think this is where all the debate comes in for people. I think about a story of my great-great-grandmother, who was a part of a church at the time that believed that 
people were to be baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Many churches still believe this today. But in their church, they believed that that meant that you were physically baptized three times. So when the preacher would say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, you'd be put underwater and brought back up. And I baptize you in the name of the Son and baptize and you'd be put underwater and brought back up. So three times you would be immersed in water and brought back up. Hmm. My great-great-grandmother was being baptized in a, a pond, and between the second and third, the preacher had a heart attack. No way. And so the debate became, was she baptized or not? Oh my gosh. That's the debate. Now, we could, we could just give endless examples of things that throughout history, people of faith, in trying to walk out spirituality, have debated and fought over what is it supposed to look like. When I was a child uh, in, in circles that we ran in, it was deemed wrong to have playing cards in the house because it represented things that happen in, uh, in bars and things that went on with, with gambling. So what it represented made it, made it wrong. In our circle, when I was a little, little boy, we, we did not celebrate Christmas because it was in, in our culture that we lived in, it was deemed to be a, like heresy to, to uh, celebrate Christmas. It's supposed to be about the birth of Christ and celebrating Christmas takes the focus off of that. And I still recall we, there was a lot of kids in our family and I was probably around five years old. I had four older siblings and I recall when that when me and my siblings basically forced Christmas into our home, I can <laughs> still recall that that we pretty much forced a tree into the house. We just kind <laughs> of we just kind of took over the conversation. But these are just examples. But anyone who recognizes that we're spiritual and decides that we should yield our life to God's design, the problem comes in with what does it mean to live according to God's design. So you talked about some examples, right, about how do we approach holidays or things like baptism. I know another big one are things that, we've, some, that we think we need to do maybe every day or every week, like, like spiritual practices, you know, feel like, okay, I need to make sure I get devotion time and, and, and so I need, to, I need to like read my Bible, I need to pray, I need to sing worship songs and stuff like that, um, you know, and, you know, maybe if, if I don't do that very often, then I'm not being as spiritual, so I want to make sure I do more of that. How, how do you approach spiritual practices like that with this conversation? This is a, that's a great conversation that you're bringing up. We've got to talk about that. Being raised in a Christian home myself and being around a lot of uh, the, the church culture, I, I began to believe as a person that the measure of my walk with God, it was measured by how effectively I, I did daily devotions, which for most people, daily devotions is how long you read scripture, how much time that you spend in prayer. Maybe there's a devotional book that talks about scripture that guides you through some thoughts. 
And my thinking for so many years was the measure of who I was in following Christ was determined by how effective I was at spiritual practices. This, and I see this among many people. I see, I see many people in faith circles that their boldness in living out their life is determined by how effective they believe they are at spiritual practices. I mean, I think this is just about everywhere. Uh, at least where I'm around, it it seems like this is one of the big things that people talk about. And it seems that that if anyone starts preaching about taking your walk with God seriously, I mean, you're one to three sentences away from spiritual practices, make sure you do these things, you do these things, this is how you get closer to God, this is how you show God you love Him, this is how you are being spiritual. And so then people feel like, okay, all right, it's January, it's a new year, I want to be more spiritual, so I'm going to actually start a Bible reading plan this year, or I'm going to go to these prayer meetings, or I'm going to try to like, you know, worship in church a little different way. And so we try really hard, and then we try to read the Bible, and it's just confusing, or we try to worship a certain way and it just feels so unnatural or whatever type of things we try to do. And then we go between this, I just got to do it, but it just doesn't make sense. And then we we might feel guilty or shameful or weird about it. And then before you know it, we're maybe a month in and we basically just give up and it's like, okay, I'm just going to settle into, I guess, where I am spiritually. And then throughout the rest of the year, you just feel bad about yourself or feel worse than other people. And and then we just feel like, I'm just a lesser Christian. That's just how it is. I'm just not as good of a Christian as other people because I don't do these things. And that's where it enters into something you mentioned earlier, that we can end up living in shame and guilt, not necessarily because of how we live, but because of how we think about how we live. When we attach a, a, like a legalism onto how we follow God, and basically decide that my spiritual power in life is based upon my the the performance in my spiritual practices this is a huge mistake to make to wake up uh, to to sleep through your alarm let's say and not have time for prayer to walk out that day and say well i think i'm on my own today because I didn't have devotions before I started my day. I, I, I just think that is a, a, confuse, a confusing, legalistic way of looking at spirituality. Or to think that, that I am studying Scripture better than ever, so now I am stronger, I am better, uh, to think God loves me more because I've become more effective at how much I'm reading of Scripture. And we're certainly not downplaying spiritual practices. I would compare it. Let me give this, this metaphor. Let's say that someone works out in the gym and practices football a lot. They work out, they practice, but they never go to the games. Imagine that person saying, I'm a really good football player, but they never play a game. So spiritual practices can be like lifting weights. 
and doing workouts and practicing. It's certainly critical, but we do it because it's about the game. And I think about people and how we view spirituality. We sideline ourselves when it's game time because we don't think we've done good enough in our practicing. Wow, that's so good. How many people fail to allow their life to be a bright light in the world because they don't think they know enough about Scripture? How many people have been designed by God to be a bright light in the world, and they think that as soon as they are better at prayer, they can make a difference in the world? This is so good. So now, we've been taught for so long that doing spiritual practices, that that's the thing that matters. Yes. But then to view it that this is the practice for the game. So what is then the game, if you will, for our life? What is actually the goal of spirituality? How, how, what's the best healthy way well, to view this? Maybe we should look at some verses. Yeah. There's an interesting verse in Romans 12 that says, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, for this is your true and proper worship. To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. I think about when I was a kid, some churches, when they speak of worship, it is defined as what happens in the service before the message, where there's music and maybe some kind of form of expression, whether it's clapping, singing, some churches do dancing, the raising of hands. The point is really not all those things. Here's the misconception, I think, is that we define worship as just being that, as opposed to worship is offering our entire life as a living sacrifice. Mm. Think about a person that is good at, good at worshiping in church. They might sit in the front row and raise their hands the highest and clap the loudest and sing the best. And then they turn off their life of worship and go about living their life their own way not thinking about the difference they make in the world, not thinking about how they should treat people. But when it's time for worship in church, they're in the front row ready to go. True worship is offering one's entire life as a shining light and a worship expression to God. It's the decisions that we make. It's choosing not to lie It's making a choice to sacrifice for someone else. It's choosing to live our life in a way that brings honor to God. That is worship. So to make this abundantly clear, which I feel like you already have, but this is pretty, this is like pretty crazy for some people, because as you said, we think worship equals singing songs. And and so we think, okay, well, all right, if I guess if I'm going to just do that more, it means I need to sing more songs more times during the week. Like that could maybe be my way of offering my life as living sacrifice. But it's obviously not what you're saying, nor yes. is it what Paul is saying here. Yes. That it's my whole life is is worship, including uh, obviously singing songs is one way we can do that. But really it seems more of it is, as you mentioned, being a light, letting your light shine, the way you love someone, that literally taking care of someone is a way of worshiping. 
Yes, I would even say I would even go so far as to say this. I would say that the the kind of that form of worship that happens in a church sanctuary is more similar to what happens in a weight room where a football player is being strengthened for the game. That when we're in church, that that form of worship, which that is a form of our worship, it's preparing us for the game. When I go to church and I am yielding my life to God in those moments, that's not the point of my faith. That is strengthening me to be the man that comes home and serves and honors my wife. It is strengthening me with the muscles necessary to go into the workplace throughout the week and be an example to other people as to how to love, live, and serve. So good. So good. Um, How about the next verse? Let's look at James chapter 1. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. I mean, look at that directive. I mean, let's, let's look, let's face it. For many people in religious circles, we don't say this out loud, but this is what we live out loud. The great um, religion, great faith is me never missing church, never missing devotions, and always praying. That we whittle it down to that. And I'm not downplaying those things. I, there is no question that we must practice in order to perform in the game. But we always practice with our eye on the game. Yeah. We don't practice and then say, okay, now I'm done. Someone else play the game. But think about um, how misplaced we would be in our faith if we think that, okay, I've, I've read the Bible a couple times this week. And I've gone to church, and I worshiped in church, and so I guess the widows will take care of themselves because I've already done my part. I I had my devotions this week, and so I have done my part in following God. Mm. So helpful. I mean, I in fact, I think for some of us, we are so concerned about being good spiritual people in the way that we've been taught to be that we don't even think about the orphans, that we aren't even thinking of, if you will, the way this verse is talking, we're not even thinking about necessarily, not that we're hateful people, but we're not even really caring about others because we're so worried, what does God think about me today? Oh, mm. I, I didn't have my devotion time this morning. I don't know if God likes me very much today. I didn't do a very good job. And so we go off to work, but we're not really aware of the people around us that we could love because I feel so down on myself. Hmm. So true, but you're exactly right that this is what we do. This is why we need to be clarified on what spirituality is. Another verse is John 15 that says, Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. There again, we don't say this out loud, but in some of our circles what we do is we basically change this verse and it says, It basically says, greater love has no one than this, than that they are very consistent in daily devotions. Greater love has no one than this, 
than they have memorized half of the Bible. Greater love has no one than this, than that they pray all the time. I, I don't want, I'm, I'm certainly, this needs, to be, this needs to be clarified. The point is not that spiritual practices are null and void. The point is that it's about the game. It's about the game that our life is surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. And maybe the greatest result of our spirituality is that the fruit of the Spirit is evident in all that we do. When you look at Scripture and it talks about the fruit of the Spirit, change the word fruit to result. The result of the, of the Spirit in a person, the result of, of spirituality is that a person becomes enabled and empowered to live a life that exudes love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, self-control, and I think for, I forgot one or two. <laughs> but that's spirituality. But once again, we change it in our minds, and we say, the result of my faith is that I become really good at devotions. The result of my faith is I listen to the greatest podcast by the greatest Christian speaker in the world every day. The result of my faith is that I have memorized these verses. The result of my faith is that I pray this long. And it confuses us. And honestly, it stifles us. And instead of boldly walking into our world every day saying, you know what? I'm going to be a bright light in the world today. We oftentimes put our, our, we put our own light out by how we think about our spirituality. So what would be some ways then that we can live out these ideas, these principles in our own life? You know, the purpose mastermind, we talk about this a lot. It is so much about spirituality, yet we never talk about spirituality. It's about the purpose mastermind. In, in essence, it's all about how we live out our life on earth. I'll share one principle from the mastermind. It's simply this. We are not in control of the results of our life. Now that principle, I don't know how it sounds. It doesn't sound spiritual, although it's highly spiritual. It frankly, to some people, it sounds awful. Like, how dare you say I'm not in control of the results of my life? Like that sounds awful. Well, in the mastermind, we, we flesh that out and what it means. It's actually amazing. The reason it sounds awful is because it's so counterintuitive. Because what we really want to believe is that I'm in control of my life and I'm going to make it happen. Now, go to the nearest mirror in your house. Or if you're driving in the car, look in the rearview mirror. And I want you to try to say those words out of your mouth, honestly looking at your face. Look into your eyes and say that. I'm in control of the results of my life. And I'm going to make it happen. How many times can you honestly say that until you start to feel this creepy feeling down deep in your spirit? Honestly, I think that many of us are like a blade of grass that's going to be mowed every two weeks. To think that we control the results of our life, it sounds powerful. 
that I'm the master of my destiny, that I decide my fate. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. There's, a, there's another verse in Scripture I'll allude to, and that is simply this. Scripture says that God is able to do more than you could ever think or imagine. Now, if that is true, how can we also think that we're in control of everything? So, in terms of spirituality, here's something that many of us can agree with. To believe that we are the design and creation of God, that our role is to yield our life. The mastermind helps people be set free from forcing something to happen from their life and instead posture their heart and life for greatest fruitfulness. So that's a conversation. We're, we're going to finish uh, this conversation. We're going to continue for a couple episodes talking about spirituality. We're going to talk about spirituality in marriage and then also spirituality in the home in terms of our kids. I love this topic. I absolutely love it, especially for people that are really strong in faith. Sometimes we are, um, we're so strong that we're bitter because we're confused about some concepts. So we've, I think we've opened up some can, a, a can of worms today with some of this. I think we have, and I'm okay with that. I think life is not about avoiding difficult conversations. I think in life, we got to be able to embrace and dig into difficult conversations. Totally agree. And I'm very excited for this podcast series. It's going to be a great one. We will continue. I can't wait. Join us for the next one. Do us a favor. Would you Would you help us help people? The mission that we're on in life is simply to help people live their best life. We believe that every single person has purpose and they can know it clearly and be set free to pursue it boldly. So if you know people that, that need their life to be uplifted, would you let them know about this podcast? All of our resources is about simply helping people. So if you help us be known, you know the stuff they say to do with podcasts. You can like it. You can share it. Um, help us connect with people and help them. That's all we ask you to do. But thanks for joining us. All right. Thanks for joining our conversation. We'll see you in the next one.